0: Chris Kiefer, how's it going, everybody? Welcome in. Thank you for joining me. It's a new week, and of course, it's a new episode of the one and only Rocky ATVMC.com. Kiefer Tested Podcast, presented by Fly Racing and Race Tech. Rocky Mountain, ATV, MC.com is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side by sides, ATVs, and street bikes. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three-day shipping over 75 bucks. It's so, so easy to see why RockyMountainATVMC.com is the one-stop shop to get all your goodies. Go there, RockyMountainATVMC.com. Get some goodies, be happy, and you know what's even better? It'll probably show up to your front door in three days or less anyway. It's awesome. Like I ordered some tires the other day, I ordered some Oakley Airbreak clear lenses. Boom, two days at my door. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Do it up. Do not have a discount code for those guys yet. Hopefully in 2020 we will have something going on. I've been saying that for a while, but I've been really pushing the issue. I get a lot of your guys' emails saying, hey, we have a discount code, and it makes me sad that I don't. But the good news is the prices are already cheap. And they're inexpensive, so why not go there? Support the podcast, support Rocky Mountain. Of course, fly racing, it's almost time. It's almost time. You know what time that is? M-E-C equals L-E gear. I can't wait for you guys to see it next week. I'm going to get a couple sets. I'm stoked. Oh my gosh, I'm stoked. I can't wait. (sighs) Ah. I'm probably going to jump the gun and post something before then and piss JT off. I don't want to do that. But if you want to support the podcast, get some great gear, all different kinds of stuff, not even just gear, hard parts, casual wear, even if it's almost time for winter again, snowmobile stuff, BMX. You can't even go to a BMX track without seeing Fly Racing. Go to flyracing.com. You know what? Get some light hydrogen gear. It is the year-round gear. The gift that keeps on giving. I love the gear. I am not a fan of all black gear, but I keep wearing this all black and white fly racing light hydrogen gear, and it's awesome. And I have to wear other gear at other times to test, to do those things, but every time I get back into my fly racing gear, it's like being at home. It's like being with Heather on the couch, just comfortable, loving, warm, snugly. It's awesome. It's good gear. Trust me. Go get it. Fly Racing Light Hydrogen Gear Round it off FR5 boot, it's a good boot No hate comms on that boot It's a good boot Not that much money, it lasts a long time I had a pair of FR5s for a long time I actually helped them do some testing on that boot, very durable boot, if you guys are weekend warriors and don't have a lot of money, blue collar guys you know, I know all about that, go check out that boot as well, so thank you guys over at Fly Racing and Funny enough, this podcast has a lot to do with this company, Racetech, racetech Racetech.com. You need some engine services on your CRF250R? Hmm? Well, they can do it. This podcast is all about that. You need some suspension done? Hmm. This podcast is about that as well. Go check them out, Racetech.com. Hit me up, Chris, at KieferIncTesting.com. If you guys want a discount on anything Racetech-related... Like I said, engine services, suspension services, springs, whatever it is that they sell. Let us help you out. Save some money. Go to Racetech.com. I'll get you an email. You can talk to the lovely gentleman named Chris Riesenberg. He's a good dude. He rides a Honda as well. He's back into riding. East Coast life must be nice. Good dirt. But if you want great products, a great price. And of course, great people. Go to racetech.com. Do yourself a favor. A lot of guys in the pro paddock, you know, privateers, they trust racetech. Chris Blows is a huge fan of racetech. He is a working man hero. That guy is a solid, tough son of a bitch. And let me tell you, he loves racetech engine services. He trusts those guys. That's what he's running over in Australia right now. He trusts those guys with his engine and suspension. And that said something because he has ridden a lot of stuff. He's been around a minute. So if you want to root for someone over in Australia this year, root for Chris Blows. Good dude. And, of course, one more little mention here. Pro Taper. God, I get a lot of emails about handlebars. You guys are freaks with handlebars. I love it. ProTaper.com. My bar of choice. Pro Taper Evo SX Race Bend. Very neutral bend for all different kinds of motorcycles. So go check out protaper.com. Pick a handlebar, Evo or Fusion. I'm on both. KTM has a Fusion bar on it, a.k.a. Crossbar. Yamaha right now, Evo bar, SX Race. Good stuff. Has a little bit of flex for my old ass and for you guys listening as well. So go check them out, protaper.com. So we're here again. Thank you for joining me. We're, what is today? Wednesday? Hump day? We're going to talk about something that's been in the works for... Holy crap. I think when I first mentioned this build, it was uh, April, maybe? Maybe before that. In 2019, Honda CRF250R. I wanted Tech to do a little bit of engine work to that thing. Because I want to get across that Racetech is not only a suspension company, but also they have engine services as well. So I gave them my 2019 CRF250R. And as you guys know, before we dive into this and what happened, I can explain this to you because, you know, complete transparency here on this podcast. Maybe that's to a fault for me, but nonetheless, we're going to stay true to that. I wanted something with some more bottom end. Look. I love Honda. I love the way it feels. I love the 250 chassis. I love the 250 more than the 450. Why? Because the power is obviously not near as much as the 450. It's easier to handle. Uh, That bike is so fun and easy to corner. And I wanted something with a little bit more bottom end. I love a Yamaha YZ250F. I like how that bottom end is nice and torquey and meaty and you can possibly ride that 250F like a 450. I wanted to see if we could get the Honda a little bit more towards that kind of engine character. I really wanted some more torque. I wanted some more pulling power. I don't necessarily need more top end because that's where the Honda CRF250R shines. Now for 2020, Honda did uh, quite a bit Actually, a lot to the engine, but there's only a little bit more pulling power torque compared to the 2019. I get a lot of you guys out there, hey, Kiefer, what should I go with, a 19 or a 20? I can save $2,000. What should I do? Well, this podcast, this whole thing right here is really directed towards you guys out there because the price point that we're going to be talking about on this engine is less than two thousand dollars. It's amazing. So, when I walked into this build, I didn't know it was going to be as as long. For one, I didn't know it was going to be so drung out. And number two, I didn't know it was going to be so inexpensive. I was looking at two to two. I told him two thousand twenty five hundred dollars. That's what I was looking at. That's usually for a build that's going to get you some torque and get you something that you're going to be like, oh, okay, I noticed that. Like, I know where my money went. Usually the $2,000 mark is usually the right mark. So I sent my bike over to Racetech, like I said, way back before summertime. Andrew over there, let me tell you something about Andrew. I walked through Racetech one day. He showed me around his shop. He is a younger kid. I don't want to say younger kid. He's in his late 20s, mid 20s. But super smart kid. You don't really see kids that age that are focused, driven, and into engine building as much as Andrew is. He, he showed me around the shop. He showed me what he's doing. He showed me his flow bench. He showed me all these things that he does to try to make these engines better. So they've had a lot of time with Chris Bloss with the Honda. So he knew a lot about the CRF250R head. And he's had a lot of time with that. So I was confident that he was going to give me something that I was uh, going to want and going to like. So I dropped off the bike. And I got the bike back, I don't know, two, three weeks later. I go out to the track. And honestly, straight up, I was like, wow, I'm not really impressed. Nothing really going on for me as far as like, I don't have a lot more torque. I don't have a lot more pulling power. The motor kind of felt draggy. I had a lot of engine braking. I'm like. Ah, it's just, I just I really don't understand it. It was kind of like puzzling. I'm like, holy shit, man. I'm going to do this podcast, and we're going to have to talk about this engine where it's minimally better, not much, if anything. And for the money, I, I it's hard for me to justify that, right? So about the time I was thinking this, this is about 10 minutes into my moto, the bike just goes and just kind of like, Gets really heavy and tight and stops. Not really a seize, just gets tight, heavy, and stops. So I'm like, oh shit, it just blew up. Sitting there trying to start it on. That's me trying to start it off the side of the track, okay? So it starts, it fires, feels really heavy on the way back to the pits. I park it, I'm like, yeah, something's up. I call Andrew, I go, hey man, something's going on. I don't know what's up with this engine. Something happened. He's like, man, that's super weird. So I brought the bike back down to Racetech. Comes to find out that the crank's primary drive nut had come loose and backed out, and it pushed up against the clutch basket. Not to the fault of Racetech, because they never dove into that far into the engine. So upon assembly at Honda... Somehow that primary nut came loose and started backing out, aka grinding against that basket, and made that heavy feeling. So I was thankful slash bummed out all in one time. I was thankful that Race Tech it had nothing to do with Race Tech. That's what's that's what you know actually gave me some confidence. I'm like, okay, great. It had nothing to do with what we did with this build. It was indirectly caused from something upon uh, assembly at Honda. You know, in Japan or something. Just a freak thing. I've never heard anyone else is doing that. I asked around at Honda. None of them have been doing that. So it's just some weird freak thing that happens from time to time. I hate hearing people talk about how Honda does this. Honda's clutch. uh, Honda's overheating. Doing all these things. Look, I've had Hondas a long time. And there are some things you have to do differently than other machines. Yes, at times... The Honda 250R does suck some coolant. It will suck coolant. Heavy dirt, heavy load, wide open. It will have some overheating problems. But it will not just lock up, seize up, run out all of the coolant in one moto. You have to keep on it. If you sit in the pits talking to your home is let your bike idle, yes, you're going to see coolant puking out the overflow. Totally understandable. I get it. It's not a 2018 bike where they really had a lot of cooling issues. I've experienced that in 2018. 2019, yes, it does suck some coolant. And also the 2020 does as well. So you just got to keep up, okay? And I can't, (laughs) I say it really slow to you guys because you just have to keep up on your coolant. If you're running sand tracks, after you're done with your moto, before you go back out, check your radiator cap. Check inside that thing. Put some more water in it. It's not that difficult. You will not have problems with it if you are on top of your coolant. I haven't found anything like a propeller kit or a water pump kit that really helps that yet. I'm working on something right now that hopefully will help that in the future where we don't have to keep on top of the coolant. But nonetheless, I hate hearing things like, oh man, that means my primary clutch nut's gonna come loose. Honda's no good. Sometimes freak things happen. That's what I'm trying to get across to you guys. I get a lot of emails saying, Vital said this, Vital said that. Get off the message boards, dudes. Get off. Like, I understand it to a certain point, but damn, not everyone has the same problem. Sometimes freak things happen. And in our case right here, right now, what we're talking about on this podcast, a freak thing happened with that clutch primary nut. I got the bike back, no problems. Nothing to do with Andrew, nothing to do with Race Tech, nothing to do with Honda. Just sometimes shit happens, people. It happens in life as well. So I wanted to preface this podcast with what happened. Obviously, I had to explain it, right? Because this thing has been ongoing for quite some time. And I'm no bullshit. I'm not going to sit there and lie to you and say, yeah, I just was busy. Obviously, I was busy, but that's what happened. It took a little bit while to get all the parts. We had to gather some parts from Honda. I was a little bit busy. Race Tech was busy, and now we finally came together, got the bike back together, and I can talk about it and what the advantages was, and actually had put some time on it for you guys, so you know it's not a ticking time bomb. So basically, what I wanted and what I told Andrews like, here's what I need, man. I love the Honda chassis. Uh, I gave him the bike. Rob over at Race Tech, suspension guy. I told him what I needed in the suspension. I said, hey, I want to be a little bit more hold up. I need a little bit stiffer feeling front end. I don't like a lot of pitching. Rob went to work on the suspension. We All we did with the suspension is revalve, respring, and change the oil. Nothing too major. We didn't go with a link or anything. I wanted to keep this build semi-cheap, semi-inexpensive. And also with, with the engine, I said, simple, I want more torque, Andrew. I want some more pulling power. The Honda is great from mid to top end, but I'm getting older. And not even about getting older, a lot of these fast guys want torque as well, man, because let's face it, when you're coming out of a corner, you want that roll-on to be meaty and to be able to clear jumps right out of a corner. Especially that is what we want out of a 250. That's what we struggle with. Some of us go down to a 250 from a 450. We're like, oh, man, it's tough to clear that jump out of that corner. Well, I wanted some of that feeling back with the Honda. I've done some Honda testing. Obviously, you guys know this. The key all along is to try to get more torque. That is the only thing that this bike really is missing. It has a great chassis. It has good suspension. It just needs more torque. The goal is to try to get to a Yamaha and KTM feel. The KTM maybe has about the same amount of bottom end, but it has more pulling power coming out of a corner. And that's what I was focusing on and wanting from this 2019 Honda. So what exactly did Andrew do to this engine I'll read it down for you right here he did a full port with a five angle valve job cylinder hone cylinder deck remove and replace seals he advanced the cam okay we didn't use a different cam kept the stock cam lightened the flywheel that's very important on this build and we back cut the intake valves you want to know how much this whole thing cost 1300 bucks. That's it. We incorporated the stock piston, the stock cam. All Racetech did was the head work. That's it. Racetech doesn't want to have your engine be sent in and do piston and all this stuff. They do head work. They want your head. That's what Andrew does. Andrew tries to get you more horsepower, reliability, and of course, not break your bank, people. That's what I'm trying to do here. I've done a lot of builds in the past and I'm guilty of it too. I spent a lot of money. Actually, I take that back. It wasn't even my money. I'm doing these builds that cost a lot of money. Okay, I'm not spending the money. I'm telling you guys to go spend the money which sometimes is bullshit. I shouldn't expect you guys to go dump four to $5,000 into an engine when you already have a $10,000 bike. Tough to do. I know I couldn't do it. If I didn't have all this Media testing and had the podcast and was doing all this, I couldn't afford a ten thousand dollar motorcycle and then dumping an extra four to five k into it that's tough to do. I just simply couldn't do it. I'm not in a position to do that so having race tech do this head was a shock to me because I thought when I went into this that they were going to do more and then when he came back and said, "All right, here you go and then I asked him i asked him what do you, what did you do and he ripped off all those things I just mentioned to you guys I go that's it. He's like, yeah. And I was like, wow. Because when I wrote it, I didn't know exactly what was in it. I just wanted to write it. I didn't want to know exactly what he did. So when I got that information back, I'm sitting here going, okay, thinking, okay, still $2,000. And then he sent me the email with the price list, it was $1,300. I'm like, holy shit, that's awesome. So for $1,300, what are you getting? I'll answer your question right away because I know this is is what I'm going to get. I'm going to get this question real soon on my emails. Kiefer, I got 2019. Should I go buy a 2020? Is the 2020 bike stock better than this Racetech build? No, it's not. I'm getting more torque and pulling power. Kiefer, what about the gearing feeling? Because on the 2020, Kiefer... You said that the gearing spacing is much better because we have more horsepower on the 2020. You're right. The 2020 is better. Third gear is more usable. Well, now with this Racetech engine, this engine is very usable in third gear. I can roll third gear in corners now and use that gear longer down the straightaway because of the power spread I have simply because of this head. I'm going to break it down to you how I am on the track. I get on the track, I roll the throttle on, I'm thinking, okay, mm, yeah, I feel I'm not doing the Tony Alessi test down the fire road there, but I get on like, okay, I feel a little bit more meat. I get on a track that's deep. That is the test for me, because when the track is deep, you can feel how hollow or how empty an engine is when you're trying to get out and up off of that soft shit, Okay. The bike gets up and off of that soft stuff underneath you quicker. It's lighter feeling. There's not as much decel pitching, aka lighter flywheel. That is huge. It actually not only improves torque feeling, but free feeling to the throttle. But it helps the chassis as well. There's a lot of things going on here, guys. I, I'm usually not a huge fan of engine builders. Like, there's only a couple guys I really like, and I've been through a lot. Obviously. We're talking about Andrew and this one. Chad is another one from XPR. But what I got out of this thirteen hundred bucks feels more like a three to four thousand dollar build. When you have someone that knows how to build heads, and I haven't been around many, like I said, it makes a huge difference. I'd even change the ECU settings. I still have stock ECU settings with this head. And it was just a simple, hey, bolt on the head, back on, and we're down the road. Coming out of corners, second gear is still usable, guys. It's tough for me on the 2019 because I always had to go from second to fourth gear. I just bypassed third gear on the stock 2019 Honda. Now, with this newfound head work, I got some meat. I got some torque. I can pull second gear down the straightaway a little bit longer if that's what you want to do. But I choose to run third gear because I can roll my corners fairly good. I'm good at doing that. But for you guys out there that have trouble cornering, and that maybe be the reason why you got a Honda in the first place, because it's easy to corner. Well, now with this head, it's easier to use second and third gear. Try third gear. If you guys go to this head, try using third gear. I'm running, on, I'm running stock gearing. And I feel like maybe I could even drop down a tooth if i was to use second gear more if i wanted to be like hey man i want to use second gear a little bit more yeah no problem maybe go down a tooth but stock gearing on the 2019 with this head it, it it's pre- it's pretty amazing like i i really want andrew to do some more work for me because i feel like with just this head and how cheap it was to do i feel like i could change my riding style and maybe possibly Ride a 250 more because it's – I've said this in other podcasts. There's nothing more fun to me than riding a good, fast 250. I don't even have an ECU ignition on here. You know how big fan I am of an ECU and a Vortex. I wanted to try that, but I was going to raise it up 900 bucks. So I was like, okay, let's not do that. So we kept this head on there. I was pleasantly surprised. I've been riding the crap out of it, over-revving this thing on purpose, I am getting actually more over-rev with this build, along with the torque that I'm gaining. Mid-range meat has increased. So overall, expectation for me was exceeded. I never thought I was going to get that much more torque. Now, I will say this. Is it as torquey as a YZ250F? No. It's pretty damn close, though. That is... Being straight up honest with you guys, that's how much torque a Yamaha YZ250F have, guys. It has a lot of torque, has a lot of response. This Honda, now with the Racetech head, doesn't have that much torque snap out of a hole. But as soon as I exit a corner, this Honda pulls harder out of a corner. I just don't have that initial <coughs> torque right when I come out of a corner. I will have to shift to third gear, pull down the straightaway, And that's where I feel like there's more meat on this Honda. Again, Honda chassis is much better with this head. It doesn't have as much pitching, much dive, so the bike is more balanced. Lightening up the flywheel gives you some more RPM response and excitement. There's a balance there. You can lighten your flywheel up too much and then you can have nice RPM response. But also, after that, you will have a hollow, empty pulling power feeling. So what Andrew did to the head... Has a little mix of both, and I like that. So it gives you a little bit more excitement, a little bit more crispness, and uh, more bottom end response. I will say, I already had a Yoshimira RS9 system on this bike, so I had a Yosh system with this headwork, and I'm running pump fuel. That's the benefit. I'm still running pump gas, shitty California gas, still much better than a stock 2020 CRF250R. So if you guys can save yourself 2500 bucks going from a nineteen to a twenty, dump thirteen hundred dollars back into your nineteen and get more torque than you ever would out of a two thousand twenty. So you're still ahead of the game. That's what I like. Uh, I like when I can go to a previous year model, save two thousand bucks, dump a little bit of money into that previous year model. And get a better machine. I like that. I like finding ways to save some money, and I maybe in the grand scheme of things, I'm saving five to seven hundred bucks, but I'm still getting a better bike. And I will say this: out of all the built two fifties that I've ridden, Honda is one of the two bikes that I think are the best and most fun to ride. I rode a KTM that was built; it was very fun, and this Honda with just minimal headwork thirteen hundred bucks, fun to ride. I can ride the crap out of it, have some more torque, get out of the hole, clear some jumps. It's just a fun bike to ride. So if you're a Honda guy and you want a little bit more juice, you want some reliability, you know, keep that reliability that you have that comes with the stock engine, race tech. Andrew, good dude, smart. So hit me up, Chris at Keferink Testing. .com and I will get you in contact with those guys and hopefully you guys will be as happy as I am. It's commercial time. Stay tuned for discount codes and fun commercials. Thanks to the guys over at 6D Helmets. That's right. They're on board with the com, Kiefer Tested Podcast. We thank them for joining us. You have a street bike, a dirt bike, or do you pedal? You have a mountain bike. Head over to 6DHelmets.com Check out the full line of helmets they offer. I'm sure they have a helmet for you. Hey, I get questions all the time. Kiefer, what helmet would you choose if you could pick one to buy? If you're going to spend your own money, Kiefer, where are you going? While there are a lot of helmets that are safe out there, okay, I do feel the safest in a 6D helmet. I've had many crashes in my ATR1. I've had a couple in my ATR2, and it has done its job It's advanced ODS technology. It's race proven. I'm telling you guys. And it's light. The new ATR2, it comes in at 1,480 grams. It's fully rebuildable. Very cool colorways. I trust the guys over at 6D Helmets. Maybe you guys should too. Hit me up over at chris at keiferinctesting.com. Maybe get a special discount code if you want to get a 6D. So please guys, go check them out. 6D Helmets. Hit me up. Tell me how you like yours, and if you don't have one, maybe go get one. Thanks, Sixty. Have you guys checked out bloodlubricants.com? If you haven't, B-L-U-D lubricants.com. Go check them out. Three new series of oils, Blood Power Sport Series, the Blood Racing Pro Series, and the Blood Racing Pro Elite Series. I have Michael Allen here with me. We've been doing two different types of oils In our test bike, Mike has been doing the Blood Power Sport Series. Everything going good there? Everything's going good. I use it in all our test bikes, the ones that I prep and maintain, and uh, it runs a little cooler than production oils, and uh, I know you've done some testing with that. Yeah, so basically before Jeff and the guys came on board, I had to check legitimacy of this stuff, um, because I didn't want no crap involved in keyframe testing. Um, Honestly, tried it, was very surprised about the oil, did some temperature readings, it was little over 30 degrees cooler in my YZ450F compared to some other oils I've been running. So the stuff is good. They sponsor over 250 racers from Enduro, Enduro Cross, Hair Scrambles, UTVs, Supercross now. they got some Supercross guys. So go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. Use the discount code KEEFER and get some percentage off your oils. They'll ship them to you. Probably get a hat or two. You know, Jeff's a good dude. Go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. Hey, Heather. Hey, Chris. Did you know that every two-stroke KTM and Husqvarna come with a Vertex piston in the engine from the factory? No, I did not. 65 years ago, Vertex piston was founded in a small technical workshop in northern Italy. Today, because of their renowned reputation for exceptional quality, Vertex is an OEM supplier to KTM, Husqvarna, and more exotic brands like Beta, Gas Gas, and TM. No matter which brand of bike you ride with, when it's time to go ride or time to rebuild your top end... Vertex Pistons will have your engine performing better than new. To see their full range of 2-stroke and 4-stroke pistons in replica, high compression, or GP-style configurations, visit them at vertexpistons.com or stop in your local dealer and ask for a Vertex Piston kit today. And if you guys want a discount code, hit me up, chris, at com, and I've got one for you. Save some money. vertexpistons.com Everybody go to firepowerparts.com if you need a battery, you need chains, you need oil. They do all of that stuff really well, and it doesn't bust out your pocketbook. Go check them out, firepowerparts.com. If you have any questions about it, hit my email up. I'll answer them for you. fmfracing.com, you know where to go. You want some badass t-shirts, hoodies, hats. You want to look cool? fmfracing.com use the code for 19 save yourself some money impress the ladies impress the dudes go to fmfracing.com and get the latest awesomest gear when you're off the track hey thank you so much for listening to all those commercials you did a great job we're back to the show now everybody rejoice let's talk about rob rob is the suspension tech over at Tech. he's been there a while a lot of smart people. Every time I get around these guys, man, it gets me inspired. It makes me want to do better work. And it makes me want to learn more about, obviously, engines and suspension. And Rob has done a lot of high-quality riders in the past. Of course, Mike Alessi. Say what you want about Mike. He's a big stickler when it comes to being comfortable on a motorcycle. Rob has taken care of Mike for many years. And Rob has done some work for me. On my Honda 450 build that I did for the outdoors this year, I've worked with him. And basically, I didn't want to do too much this thing. I feel like the suspension on the Honda 250R is really good, comfortable. I just wanted to have some more holdup. It feels like a little soft. So Rob created a valving setting, went stiffer on the springs, and created this bike that was balanced, had more comfort and chop, and doesn't feel rigid. At times, last year, I rode the 19, and it felt a little rigid at times. And then, of course, the suspension breaks down and starts to dive, And then just, it's tough to ride hard. I wanted to be able to ride hard, push it, and have the bike remain planted and not give me that skatey, deflecty feel um, that the fork did at times. So, of course, gold valves were used in this build. The one thing about gold valves, guys, let me tell you, it evolves year after year. They just... Don't remain the same. They evolve their settings. They change everything about a gold valve. If they feel like they need to. They just don't sit on a valve. And be like hey that's our valve for the next five years. They change things. As each bike comes. That's what's cool. I've helped them do some of that in the past. So I know firsthand What I'm getting with a gold valve. Immediately every time I ride anything with a gold valve. I get plushness. But what I worry about with plushness is diving. So Rob gave me a setting because he knows how I am. He gave me a setting where I have some plushness, but I also have some performance where I can push into things and the bike remains balanced. I can't stress enough for you guys out there listening. When you guys get a comfortable setting, what happens? You guys start pushing. You start doing things that you normally don't. So you need suspension, that acts accordingly. That's ready for you when you do that. I got the suspension. I wrote it. Several tracks. Where I, What I do like about this suspension that Rob created for me is that when the track goes to shit, a.k.a. Glen Helen, 3 o'clock, I like that it remains consistent. That's all I ask. I just want suspension that has holdup and is consistent. And that's what I got. Of course, I played around a little bit. It did feel a little bit soft at the end stroke. So I cranked up the compression two on the fork. I ran 105 millimeters of sag, and that was a good balance for me. I went to another track. that was more jumpy. I slowed the shock rebound down one, and then slowed the fork rebound down one, and it gave me a balanced feel. I didn't use a link. Usually, I use a link on a 2019 I haven't tried that yet, but as of right now, I'm fairly comfortable with the setting I got. What I get from Race Tech suspension, I always get comfort. If you guys are looking for comfort on a Honda, I have a lot of success with Race Tech stuff on Hondas. It they built me <laughs> Man, I'm laughing because I've had some experiences on other other companies with Honda and it's been bad. Race Tech has always steered me in the right direction. ...with Honda suspension. Rob knows that stuff very well. He's worked with Mike on his, so he has a lot of knowledge and settings in his old Honda book. I want to do a podcast with Rob here pretty soon so that you guys understand him a little bit more. He's a very smart guy. He's very thought thought out. And when it comes to suspension, he's a little bit outside the box, which I like. I like when some guys are a little bit outside the box... And let's try things. I always tell you guys, you're only as good as what you try. Rob is similar in that direction. So if you guys are looking for some more comfort of your suspension, give Racetech and Rob a try. They do good work. And I'm not telling you guys, hey, everyone needs to go get their suspension done. If you're happy with your stock stuff, I'm a firm believer in that as well. Like you're 160 pounds, you're an average guy, B rider, and you only go on the weekends. Chances are you might not need to get valving done. I get it. But please, we talk about this on the Pulp Show. Send your stuff into Racetech to get it rebuilt. Change the oil. Stock oil in these production motorcycles aren't very good. I've had a lot of time with production testing, guys, and I know what oil is used, and it's not the best oil. Get your oil changed. Get your seals changed. Get your bushings changed, and at least do that. It's fairly inexpensive. This whole valving and spring cost is less than a $1,000. bucks. it will get you down the road. It'll get you more comfortable. Yeah, and quite possibly can make you a better rider. When you have suspension that works, you're comfortable with it, you can push on it. Yeah, you, you get better. That's plain and simple. How many times have you ridden a bike that suspension sucked and you're like, I'm out. I can't ride it very hard. So get some stuff that works for you, that's comfortable that you can push. And watch how your riding will grow. I'm 43 years old. I love pushing myself. But I also want to be safe. I also want to be able to push myself where I don't feel like I'm riding over my head. I don't ride over my head very often. And when I do, I want to at least have my bike be consistent. I can't stress enough how consistency in a motorcycle is the most important aspect to going fast. Or not going fast. For getting a trophy or not getting a trophy. So just so you guys know, I'm going to keep this bike for a little bit and ride it. Get you some more reliability content about this head, this bike. Because quite frankly, a Honda is very popular with you people. Every time I post something about a Honda or have a podcast about a Honda, the numbers are very high. Even when I was at Dirt Rider... The numbers or the sales on our magazine was always higher when we had a Honda on the cover. So take that for what you want. I don't know. But anyway, you guys want to deal at Race Tech? Hit me up, Chris, at KeeferIncTesting.com. Want to make your Honda faster, a little bit more fun to ride? Check them out. Trust me. I wouldn't be doing this whole podcast about something I don't believe in. So very good job over there. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Andrew for billing me a fun CRF250R. And of course, as always, if you have any questions about this bill, hit me up on my email. I'll answer them. I'll get back to you. Just give me some time. My one-man party over here. So cut me some slack. If it takes me one to two days to get back to you, don't freak out. I'll do it. And if you guys are listening, don't DM me. I don't really check my DMs on my social media. And if I do, it's because Heather saw him and asked me to answer him back. So... You guys have long ass questions about bikes? That's what my email is for. Hit me up on my email. It's so much better for me, trust me. If you're a hot chick, you can get in my DMs, but that'll never happen. Been looking for that for 10 years. That never happened. All right guys, stay tuned for more content on this CRF250R RaceTech build. Maybe we'll try an ignition and do some other things with this bike to try to further along its progress. I like keeping year-old motorcycles. Maybe we should do a 2019 build more often than we do 2020 stuff. It's kind of cool. Not everyone gets a new bike every year, right? All right. Thank you for supporting this show. Thank you for supporting the sponsors. As always, please try and purchase things from this show. As always, we have discount codes. Listen to the commercials. They're not bad. It's not that long. Save yourself some money. It helps us move along. And get some more content out for you guys. Looking forward to this weekend. I'm going to be riding another Honda. But I'm going to be doing some off-road. You guys been up my ass about off-road stuff. So I'll be riding Ricky Brabeck's National Heron Hound Honda 450X. That'll be fun. So make sure you guys listen to that episode. That'll be full of adventures. Trust me. It's been a minute since I rode a Heron Hound. And it's been a minute since I did 90 across a Desert Valley floor. But I like it. That's what I grew up doing. I enjoy off-road racing. I enjoy the people, most of all. Just down-to-earth, good, quality human beings that love dirt bikes. So we're going to be doing some interviews with Johnny Campbell. Of course, all the desert racers out there that are gnarly, gnarly dudes that don't get enough recognition. Straight up. So that'll be a fun podcast. So go check that out. You can go look in the archives. Go search it up. And we'll be doing that here fairly soon. So thank you guys for listening to this podcast. Be good to each other. Stay safe on the track. And if you see me at the track, come by and say, Hey, if you have any questions or comments, email me. Good or bad, I take them both. Just make sure you have some constructive criticism if it's bad. I'm down to listen. I like learning. I like getting called out on bullshit if it's not very good. It's what we're here for, trying to make things better. Make you laugh. Make you learn. Make you ride more. Get involved. Dirt bikes are awesome. I love it. This Honda CRF250R, you're going to be seeing me ripping around this freaking Southern California dry-ass tracks around here on this thing now. See you guys later.